Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah rabbil alamin wal aqibatu lil muttaqin. Wa la adwana illa 'alal zalimin wa ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lahu rabbil alamin. Wa ashhadu anna sayyidana wa nabiyyana wa habibana Muhammadan 'abduhu wa rasuluhu al-mab'uthu rahmatan lil alamin. Sallallahu ta'ala alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi at-tayyibin at-tahirin wa man tabi'ahum bi ihsan ila yawmiddin amma ba'd. My dear respected brothers and sisters in Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed the Qur'an al-Kareem for our guidance and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, has showered many favors upon us but amongst the greatest favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon us is the Qur'an al-Kareem. This is the greatest blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is the greatest miracle of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the greatest blessing for us. I would like to bring your attention, inshallah, tonight to Surah Yunus, Ayah 57-58, wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the Qur'an, in the Qur'an, with some beautiful attributes. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhan nas, ba'da an a'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim, Ya ayyuhan nas, qad ja'atkum mu'idhatum min rabbikum, wa shifa'un lima fi sudur, وَهُدًا وَرَحْمَةٌ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ قُلْ بِفَضْلِ اللَّهِ وَبِرَحْمَتِهِ فَبِذَلِكَ فَلْيَفْرَحُوا هُوَ خَيْرٌ مِّمَّا يَجْمَعُونَ فَذَقَ اللَّهُ الْعَظِيمُ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Ya ayuhan nas, O mankind, O humanity O people قَدْ جَاءَتْكُمْ There has come to you There has come upon you First quality, Allah Ta'ala says, a sincere advice from your Rabb, from your Lord, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. This is the first attribute of the Qur'an. It is an advice from your Rabb, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Number two, And it is a cure for the sicknesses that are in your hearts. And number three, It is a source of guidance. And number four, وَرَحْمَةٌ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ And the source of mercy for the believers. Then Allah Ta'ala says, قُلْ سَيْءُ نَبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ بِفَضْلِ اللَّهِ وَبِرَحْمَتِهِ With the grace of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, with the bounty of Allah Ta'ala and His mercy, فَبِذَلِكَ فَلْيَفْرَحُوا With these things, with the grace and with the rahma, they should rejoice, they should be happy, they should celebrate. This is far better than whatever they have accumulated. So going back to the first ayah here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, O oh people, there has come to you a maw'idah, an advice. So maw'idah comes from the word wa'ad, which is such beautiful advice which will make one's heart soft and receptive and inclined towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The barrier of heedlessness and ghafla, which is acquired due to excessive indulgence in worldly life, it will be removed. And a person will develop the concern for what will happen in the akhirah and the life ahead. So the entire Qur'an al-Kareem, from the beginning till the end, is providing such counsel, such advice, 
Sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions His promises of rewards and sometimes Allah ta'ala gives warnings of punishment. Sometimes Allah ta'ala mentions stories of past nations. Those who believed and how they were successful, those who disbelieved and how they were destroyed. These are all ways Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is granting us advice, is, is giving us advice. Even a heart which is stone hard, if it pays attention to the advice given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it will become soft and it will be ready to absorb the message of the Quran. And those who understand the Arabic language, they can benefit directly from the miraculous wordings of the Quran, the eloquence of the Quran, which is unmatched and is unparalleled and has its own profound effect on the mind and on the hearts. This advice that comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes various shapes and forms. Shawariullah Dahlawi rahimahullah in his book Al Fazl Kabir, Yusul al Tafsir, he mentions that the tafkir and the reminder that comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes three forms. At tafkiru bi ala illah, at tafkiru bi ayamillah, and at tafkiru bil mawti wa bi ma ba'd al mawt. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala softens our hearts and grants us the advice. Number one, bi ala illah, by asking us to reflect and think and ponder over his signs. The signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala around us, the signs of his greatness, the signs of his qudra, the signs of his power. And by contemplating over the signs of the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself will enter our hearts. In the heavens, in the earth, in the oceans, there are in the animals, within our own selves. There are so many ayats that are inviting us to reflect and ponder and see the hidden hand of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his creation. The genius of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that how he created such a beautiful creation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says we covered this ayah uh, this Ramadan itself uh, a week or so ago wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the, verily in the creation of the heavens and the earth and the changing of the night into day and day into night they are indeed signs for those who are, have intelligence so Allah ta'ala says أَفَلَا يَنظُرُونَ إِلَى do they not see? Do they not ponder? Do they not reflect when they see how the camel has been created? How it has been designed by its creator to be suitable for the desert climate? The mountains, how they have been placed on the earth. And how the land has been spread out by Allah Ta'ala, the earth. So the mountains, the heavens, the stars, and Allah Ta'ala says, وَفِي أَنفُسِكُمْ أَفَلَا تُبْسِرُونَ And within your own selves, within your own existence, do you not see the signs of Allah Ta'ala? These are all at-tathkiru bi'ala illa. And blessings of Allah Ta'ala that He asks us to remember Him by. 
then moving forward is a reminder uh, and uh, advice through the stories of the past nations the stories of the past nations they tell us that having a, a majority will be of no avail without Iman and Amal Saliha like the Qom of Nuh were in the majority having physical strength will not be of any avail without Iman and Amal Saliha like the Qom of Ad had great physical strength Having beautiful palaces and homes, luxurious residences, will be of no avail without Iman and Amal Salihah, like the Qom of Salih Having great gardens and crops will be of no avail without Iman and Amal Salihah, like the Qom of Saba that were destroyed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Having great trade and merchandise and businesses will be of no avail without Iman and Amal Salihah like the Qom of Shu'aib that were destroyed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala having a great kingdom will be of no avail without Iman and Amal Salihah like Nimrud who had his kingdom and was destroyed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala having a great army will be of no avail without Iman and Amal Salihah like Fir'aun had a great army but was destroyed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being a wazir and a minister or will be of no avail like Haman who was destroyed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without Iman and Amal Saliha. Having wealth and riches will be of no avail without Iman and Amal Saliha like Qarun was destroyed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. With respect to Qarun, subhanallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he sunk him into the ground, Allah ta'ala says, فَخَسَفْنَا بِهِ وَبِدَارِهِ الْأَرْضِ all his treasures and all his home, his palace and himself, they all were sunk into the ground at the same time to highlight the fact that everything he had with him all the money that he had accumulated was of no avail could not benefit him in the least, could not ward off the adab of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may Allah ta'ala protect us so these are at-tathkiru bi-ayamillah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran and remind them and soften their hearts by narrating to them the stories of the past nations indeed in their stories there is a lesson for those who have intelligence lesson for those who have intelligence so that is the second form. And then the third form, wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala softens the heart and gives advice by telling us about that what is going to happen at the time of death and after death. So all of the events near death, for example, we covered yesterday about the angels coming down at the time of death, angels of mercy for the believers and the angels of adab for the disbelievers. And they will say, نَحْنُ أَوْلِيَاءُكُمْ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ لَا تَخَافُوا وَلَا تَحْزَنُوا Do not fear, do not grieve. وَأَبْشِرُوا بِالْجَنَّةِ And take the glad tidings of Jannah الَّتِي كُنْتُمْ تُوَعَدُونَ That you have been promised. نَحْنُ أَوْلِيَاءُكُمْ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ We are your supporters and helpers and we are with you in the worldly life. We were with you and we will remain with you in the Akhirah. And you will have therein whatever your hearts may desire, whatever you ask for. So th- this is a scene of the time of death. 
that Allah Ta'ala is softening our hearts and on the other hand we have uh, the ruh that will be taken out of the disbelievers how difficult it will be their souls will be clinging to their bodies and will not be wanting to separate and they will be forced out by Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala so after that what's going to happen in the grave what's going to happen on the day of judgment all the scenes of the day of judgment as painted by Allah Ta'ala in the Quran scenes of the end of the world إِذَا السَّمَاءُ انْفَضَرَتْ إِذَا الشَّمْسُ كُوِّرَتْ إِذَا زُلْزِلَتِ الْأَرْضُ زِلْزَالَهَا all of these Makki surahs they talk about the catastrophic events that will take place on the day of judgment and the, this, this this global universal uh, calamity will befall this whole universe will be destroyed by Allah Ta'ala وَنُفِيخَ فِي السُّورِ and the trumpet will be blown and then how the day of judgment will be established another land Allah will create which will be different than this land and upon that earth that new plane of land created by Allah Ta'ala which will not have any incline or decline no mountains, no valleys this flat land Allah will create on that the day of judgment will be established Jahannam will be brought forth and Allah Ta'ala Himself will come forth and His angels will be in standing in lines so this whole description of the Day of Judgment description of Jannah and Jahannam all of this is to soften one's heart and to create within it the desire to enter Jannah and the fear of the fire of Jahannam a fear of entering the fire of Jahannam fear of the anger of Allah Ta'ala and desire for the forgiveness and, uh, and rahmah of Allah Ta'ala so these are, this is a third form of tathkir in the Qur'an. So the tathkir will be ayyamillah, bi ala'illah, and bilmauti, or bima ba'd al-mauti. These are the three forms how the Qur'an gives advice. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says mu'idah. Mu'idah is also another word. It includes that to give advice with sincerity, with well-wishing attitude, wanting the best for the person you're advising. Not meaning to bring them down not to defame them, uh, not to criticize them, but rather to improve uh, them and um, so that they can um, improve themselves and benefit more and become beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When it is required to speak softly, to speak softly, when it is required to be harsh, then to be stern. When it is better to give advice, with promises than to use the promises when it is better to give advice with warnings than to use the warnings this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives advice mawidah and that is why Allah ta'ala says in the Quran and this advice has been given not by another mortal human being who is also full of weaknesses has to die has limited knowledge this is not from another human being right mawidhatun min rabbikum this is the advice the Quran that is coming from your rabb from your provider, from your nurture. This is the Rabbul Alameen. We spoke about this. We spoke about this word, Rabb, the one who is the nurturer. This is the greatest test. Man Rabbuka, who is your Rabb? He is our Rabb Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as a part of his tarbiyah and as part of his nurturing and providing for us, he has sent us this beautiful advice of Quran Kareem. Then moving forward, Shifa un Sudur. Number two is that it is a cure for the sickness of the heart. That means that. Um, we have so many sicknesses in our spiritual heart 
we are the sickness of hubba dunya love of the material dunya hubbul jah love of power and fame um, and hirs and greed and inad and, and and hatred and enmity hasad jealousy kibar arrogance and lack of sabr lack of shukr and we have um basically our hearts are filled with all of these internal sicknesses and the and the cure for these sicknesses to remove the hasad from the heart jealousy and replace it with nasiha a person desires well for everyone wants the best for everyone whether they are friends or foes he wants the best for them that type of attitude which is the essence of deen ad-deen and nasiha to develop that and to develop within a person sabr on calamities and shukr on blessings of Allah Ta'ala to be grateful for the blessings and to be perseverant and, and steadfast and patient at the time of trials and to have the desire of the akhirah and remove the desire of the dunya as Allah Ta'ala says بَلْ تُؤْثِرُونَ الْحَيَاةَ الدُّنْيَا Nay, you give preference to the worldly blessings وَالْآخِرَةُ خَيْرٌ وَأَبْقَى Whereas the hereafter is better and eternal This is a, uh, this is شِفَاءُ النِّبَاءُ فِي الصُّدُورِ A cure for the sickness of the heart Love of material things Allah Ta'ala says مَا عِنْدَكُمْ يَنْفَدُ وَمَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ بَاقُ Whatever you have prepared and you have gathered You have spent your entire life collecting. All of it will finish and terminate. And what Allah has kept for you in the hereafter, that is what is eternal, what is going to be everlasting. So this is a, a cure for the sickness of the heart. Right? And all of this this greed and um, will be replaced with selflessness. Selfishness can be replaced with selflessness. And to be caring for other people. As the Sahaba did, وَيُؤْثِرُونَ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ وَلَوْ كَانَ بِهِمْ خَصَاصًا They preferred others over themselves, even though they themselves had great need. The Ansar of Medina, Allah Ta'ala praises them in Surah Al-Hashr. So when we come across these ayat, it inculcates within us that same attribute that we realize that uh, there are other uh, things which are more important than this dunya, this temporary world that we are living in. So the Quran is a source of, uh, of, uh, of cure for all of these sicknesses. By understanding these ayah, by contemplating over their meanings, by reciting them, by implementing them in our lives, then we will be cu- purifying our heart from these sicknesses. Right? But if you fulfill the right of the Quran, then we will derive this benefit. If you barely read it, barely touch it, barely understand what it says, do not any, spend any time with the Quran, then we will be the losers. We will not get our hearts cleaned, our hearts purified and we will not get the shifa the cure for the hearts the cure is there given by Allah Ta'ala, it's up to us if we follow the regimen follow the protocol and take the benefit from the Quran it is like the doctor writes a prescription for you, but you have to go to the pharmacy, get it filled out take it on its appointed time, with food without food, be regular then inshallah if Allah wills you will see the results so likewise, the Qur'an is the shifa, but it's up to us if we benefit from it or not. And then, Hudan is source of guidance. The Qur'an is Hudan Linna, source of guidance for all of mankind. 
and those who have taqwa and fear Allah Ta'ala will benefit from it it guides us the way the correct way of leading our life and guides us in all aspects of our life the personal the public uh, the uh, home level business level community level governmental level international level at every different level we receive guidance from the Quran pertaining to our ibadat, worship, our intiqadat, our beliefs, our mu'amalat, our dealings, our mu'ashar, our social life, akhlaq, our character, adab, our etiquettes. Every aspect of the life we receive guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the Qur'an. So that is number three, wahudan. Number four, warahma. It is a mercy. It is a mercy for us because without this mercy of the Qur'an, if we had to figure it out by our, on our own, by our own selves, then we would have spent our entire lives and banging our heads and scratching our heads and pondering and reflecting and we could never have come up with the Quranic message on our own through trial and error. Trial and error would not take us, would take us only so far, we would never be able to come up with the Quran on our own. So this Quran is a great, great mercy for us. Just like our beloved Prophet وسلم, is a great mercy for us. I have not sent you but as a source of mercy for the worlds so Rasulullah was a mercy and the Quran is a mercy both are rahmah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and lastly Allah ta'ala says in the next ayah tell them that concerning the fadl of Allah and the rahmah of Allah the grace of Allah and the mercy of Allah they should rejoice they should be happy and inform them who is better than all the worldly things that people may, may um, collect better than all the worldly things that people may amass so what is the fadl of Allah and the rahmat of Allah that Allah is saying we should rejoice over we should be happy about the fadl of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the Quran this is mentioned in the hadith the fadl of Allah referring uh, that is referring to the Quran over here and the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the mercy of Allah is anja'alana min ahl al-Qur'an that he made us from amongst the people upon whom the Qur'an was revealed uh, uh, for whom the Qur'an was revealed it was revealed upon Rasulullah but for whom the Qur'an was revealed for us to be amongst the last ummah that is the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so this is mentioned in the hadith so um, the fadl is the Qur'an and the rahmah is anja'alana min ahl al-Qur'an that he made us from amongst the people of the Qur'an this is reported in a hadith from Sayyidina Anas radiyallahu ta'ala anhu that Rasulullah sallallahu said the fadl of Allah is that denotes the Qur'an and the rahmah is that we were blessed with the tawfiq of reciting the Qur'an and acting in accordance with the Qur'an this is in tafsir ruh al-ma'ani so Allah Ta'ala says فَلْيَفْرَحُوا to, to, to rejoice and Allah Ta'ala did not just address the Sahaba in the second uh, person and say you rejoice because it has been revealed on Rasulullah who is present amongst you so Allah Ta'ala could have said فَفْرَحُوا you rejoice, you be happy rather Allah Ta'ala said فَلْيَفْرَحُوا let the people who are going to come later as well let them all rejoice use the third person so let they, let they rejoice uh, let them rejoice Meaning all the people till the day of judgment who practice upon the Quran, they have cause to celebrate and they have reason to be happy and to be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
And one last note at this point I would like to remind is that Allah Ta'ala says, Quran. Do you not ponder over the Quran? If this Quran came from anyone besides Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, then you would find contradictions in the Quran. But since this book is the divinely revealed book, the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there are no contradictions in the Quran. So at first glance, somebody might object and say that over here Allah ta'ala says, فَلْيَفْرَحُوا Rejoice, it's a command. But in another place in Surah Qasas, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the context of Qarun, says إِذْ قَالَ لَهُمْ قَوْمُهُ لَا تَفْرَحْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ الْفَرِحِينَ When Qarun was told لَا تَفْرَحْ Do not rejoice, do not exult and do not be uh, so uh, happy over your wealth because really Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not love those who are intoxicated with their uh, uh, with their pleasures and their happiness and in their celebrations they forget about the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ الْفَرِحِينَ so in this ayah, Allah Ta'ala says, do not rejoice. Whereas in the ayah of Surah Yunus, Allah Ta'ala is saying, do rejoice. So there is a contradiction. The answer is very simple and very clear. It should be obvious to everyone. That the context of both ayats are different. Where Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala is saying, do not rejoice, do not exult uh, in expressing your happiness, that is with respect to material blessings of dunya. Because these are not a sign of the acceptance from Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants the dunya inna Allah yu'ati dunya man yuhib wa man la yuhib Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants the dunya to those whom he loves and those whom he hates both wa la yu'ati deen illa man yuhib and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only grants the deen to those whom he loves so if we have the blessings of the dunya this does not mean that we are accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there is no reason to rejoice so that is what Qarun was being told don't rejoice don't be so excited don't be so happy about this dunya that you have it is very temporary. That's not a reason to celebrate. Whereas in this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about the Qur'an and the blessing of the Qur'an. And regarding the blessing of the Qur'an, this is a blessing of the akhirah. This is a blessing relating to the deen. Allah ta'ala is saying this is truly worthy of rejoicing and uh, being excited about, being happy about, being thankful to Allah ta'ala about this blessing. So this is a reminder for us regarding worldly accomplishments uh, we have big celebrations, or we used to before the COVID nineteen era. We used to have you know graduation ceremonies and parties, uh, and, and somebody gets a raise in their job, they have parties. Uh, somebody gets a new position, they have parties. So there, we are celebrating our worldly accomplishments. Um, if a person is thankful to Allah Taala and, and, and for for that for his blessing, it may be permissible, uh, right? Because he's not attributing it to himself like Qarun did. Qarun said, إِنَّمَا أُوْتِيتُهُ عَلَىٰ عِلْمٍ عِنْدِي This wealth I accumulated through my own intelligence. He never attributed back to Allah. That is why Allah Ta'ala says, do not be so happy about your wealth. Uh, however, when it comes to dini blessings, then we do not necessarily celebrate it or be happy about it. We do not thank Allah Ta'ala for the dini blessings that He has granted us. This is something wrong. Because this ayah tells us, فَلْيَفْرَحُوا Rejoice, be happy, and celebrate the blessings of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And as we are nearing the end of Ramadan and the Eid is coming, so the Eid also is a time of celebration. And what are we celebrating? We are celebrating the fact that we had the ability to fast for 30 days. And we are celebrating the fact that we were able to make khatam of the Quran in Taraweeh or outside Taraweeh. And we are celebrating the fact that we were able to give sadaqah. All the good deeds that we were able to do in the month of Ramadan, 
We thank Allah Ta'ala for that blessing. And this philosophy of Eid is not someone's own imagination that they came up with it. Rather, Allah Ta'ala Himself mentions it in the Quran. That you complete the days of fasting. And then you say, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. You, say, you make the takbirat of Eid on, uh, to thank Allah for the hidayah and guidance He gave you. And so you can be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Likewise, Eid al Adha is also linked up with ibadat of Hajj. So both of our Eids are days of celebration to thank Allah ta'ala for the ibadat that we were able to do. And just today, alhamdulillah, at the, uh, on our Dar es Salaam blog, one of our teachers, Ali Yaqub, has written an article regarding Eid, and we have posted it up. So you can go to our website, masjidds.org, and on the, on the side you can go to the writing blog, select the writing blog, and you will see the latest post on the, our writing blog that we have about the Eid Salah and the, the philosophy behind the Eid Salah and the history of the Eid Salah and the hadith regarding Eid Salah and a very relevant in this particular Eid that is coming up, what should we do? And Alhamdulillah, uh, the scholars have given fatwa that it is permissible that we can perform the Eid Salah in Jama'ah at our respective homes because of the lockdown stay-at-home orders as long as we have uh, three male muqtadis besides the imam, four. We need a minimum of four just like in Jummah time. So we'll have one imam and three followers and um, uh, the procedure to perform the Eid Salah is outlined. Uh, how the extra takbirs in the first rakah, extra takbirs in the second rakah, the three extra takbirs in each rakah, six additional takbirs how we should make the niyyah, how we should perform it without adhan and iqamah, and uh, that this is a wajib for us uh, to fulfill this wajib, and the, uh, it is masnoon to have a khutbah after the salah. Likewise, a sample khutbah has been presented, which is brief and to the point. Um, it is not the minimum khutbah. The minimum khutbah, bare minimum khutbah, is to just praise Allah Ta'ala, alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen, and Allah salli ala Muhammad wa sallam, we could just praise Allah and send salawat and Rasul sallallahu and make a dua. That could be the bare minimum. But this is a, a khutbah that actually has uh, some meaning to it. It has the ayat regarding Eid in it. It has the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu about fasting in Shawwal, Mutsam Ramadan, who are fast in the month of Ramadan. We sit them in Shawwal, then fasted six additional days in Shawwal. Kana Kasiyam al-Dahar will receive the reward of fasting the entire year. So that uh, hadith, which is an advice that is given in Eid al-Fitr as the new Shawwal month is starting, pertinent hadith is also in the khutbah. So you actually feel like you're doing a proper Eid khutbah uh, rather than uh, you know just saying Alhamdulillah and sitting down and standing up and saying Allahu Akbar and that's it, khutbah over. Likewise, it's mustahab in the first khutbah to say Allahu Akbar nine times. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, nine times. And in the second khutbah, it's mustahab to say Allahu Akbar seven times. Sometimes we might have heard the khatib doing this on Eid day if you paid attention and wondering why does he keep on saying Allahu Akbar so many times? This is because it is proven from Rasulullah wasallam. So all of that is present in the khutbah. So I would advise everyone to take a look and print it out and then uh, start practicing the khutbah because very few of us have led Eid before in our lives. We barely remember how to perform it as a follower, muqtadi. But now we may be leading it this year. So we should take it out and study it, print it out, and get familiarized with the wording. And inshallah, you'll be ready to go on Eid day. May Allah Ta'ala make it a happy day for all of us. And make it the next Eid that is coming up, a day when we could all gather together and congregate together 
in larger groups insha'Allah and remove this calamity of the sickness from us and from the entire humanity. Wa akhir da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.